0: people kind of say like Charlie has like wild opinions, but I find myself agreeing with Charlie quite a bit, honestly. So it's kind of interesting to hear your opinion on that, because I I was thinking the exact same thing People, I was like, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, Charlie is not a homer, that's the problem. You don't have to be, you know, agree with everything that Buffalo Bills fans say, because if you disagree, then you're like, oh, you're not really a real fan. He knows that getting star backs a benefit to him, hopefully. so. Why would he be in any rush to sign a contract? I think outside of injury, that's a very good point. See, look, more logic from Charlie. Is that what's going uh, on? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, look, I, look it, Charlie is always making sense to me. Like, I don't, I don't. Yo, man, I gotta, man. I gotta, I gotta like go back in this episode and clip these like three spots <laughs> where you said that and just like play it on repeat on my Twitter account. let's <laughs> give you my podcast intro. Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into another episode of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. I am your host. My name is Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. We are part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I encourage you to check that out. And I am going to wish you a happy victory slash preview Wednesday here on the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Houston Texans 40-0 to 0 last Sunday a game which took place in the middle of a torrential downpour the whole time. Uh, it's tough to see that on television, but certainly the people there, I'm sure, felt the rain. And the Houston Texans felt the Buffalo Bills' rain points down on them. Isn't that right? Yeah, dead joke. And obviously, we'll take a quick stroll through that game uh, before we preview the game. A uh, big game against the Chiefs. Uh, I mean... The game didn't start out great. A little worried about uh, Josh Allen there at the beginning. I know that nobody's perfect, but that throw to Diggs was early and weird, and it just didn't look right. And you could tell they even showed you like the end zone angle on TV, and it just looked odd. Um, as far as Josh Allen goes, another strong game. Nothing spectacular, but, you know, not every game from a franchise quarterback is going to look spectacular. Not every game is going to be 400 yards and, you know, five touchdowns, anything like that. The passing offense was efficient, but like I said, not spectacular. All of you Dawson Knox deniers, I think, should stop denying Dawson Knox. He is a top well right now he's on pace as a top seven or eight tight end in the the league if you look at things statistically another strong game for Dawson 37 yards two touchdowns and I believe five receptions and I know that maybe hey he's not going for 100 yards 120 yards 85 yards but he's on pace for about 615 63 catches and at his current pace at the moment he's on pace for 17 touchdowns obviously that's not going to happen but when you extrapolate the math, that's the kind of pace that he's on. I'm glad to see that he's built really great chemistry with Josh Allen. It's another weapon you know, for the Bills. I think that he could become the third or fourth passing option. Certainly in the future, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders both won't be here forever. Obviously, they'll be replaced by somebody. But Dawson Knox has a real chance in the next coming years to really be a number two or even number three option. You know he's he's done a great job with the opportunities that he's been given. So shout out to him. Big changes along the offensive line for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, John Feliciano was out. Ike Bucker was in. They benched Cody Ford. They moved Daryl Williams to right guard, and they brought in Spencer Brown to play right tackle. This was the right game to make that kind of a change. Going against the Texans, who obviously aren't very good, but their defense is okay. Respectable, maybe, especially the pass rush. Nothing fantastic, but, you know, and next week it's going to be a bigger test. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs, Sunday Night Football. I think Daryl Williams is a better right guard right now than Cody Ford is, obviously. I'm not sure if Spencer Brown is a better right tackle than Daryl Williams right now, but you know at some point you have to do what works and what's best for your team and Cody Ford allowing 12 pressures against uh, the Washington football team is not cutting it they needed to make a change John Feliciano being hurt hopefully this Ike Bacher thing continues you don't want to wish for a guy to be hurt but I think everyone knows how I feel about John Feliciano not that great of a player not that Ike Bucker is amazing but he's at least a little bit of an upgrade, a little bit more steady. And if that's the best that the Bills can do right now, hopefully they they take care of some stuff in the draft or free agency next year. But obviously that's like 4 or 5 6 months away. So right now, they're doing the best they can with what they have. Uh quiet game from Cole Beasley. Quiet game uh from really all the receivers, really at least not what we expect. Um and I guess I'll I guess I'll take this time now to address what Cole Beasley said. To be completely honest, I've really been waiting for this opportunity, not going to lie. Cole Beasley decided that he was going to be the hero that all these players who weren't as well established in the league as him needed him to be in the offseason. So Cole Beasley decided that he was going to insert himself into The discussion, the national discussion, about one of the more polarizing and controversial topics among uh, living things that can talk on the planet. And it doesn't really matter if we think this topic should be controversial. The fact of the matter is that it is. And Cole Beasley decided that he was going to insert himself into this discussion, into this controversial topic. Said what he said. Fine. He's, you know, that's his right. And obviously, people have a right to respond. That's their right. And Cole Beasley, really big on, uh, you know, freedom and, you know, my body, my choice, and people having the freedom to do whatever they so desire. Okay. That's fine, Cole. Cole Beasley said that he was going to shut the fuck up on Twitter once the season started. He hasn't. Instead, like a petulant toddler, he keeps inserting himself back into this controversial discussion. He says he's all about his team, yet it seems like he's the one that wants all the attention. Yesterday, maybe, I don't really care, uh, he made some comments that basically attack, well not basically, he attacked the fans. He said, I thought that Buffalo Bills fans were the greatest fans in the world, then how come they're booing me at the home games? No, I haven't been to any of the home games, so I can't really comment on the issue. But there's people on Twitter who I follow who I know for a fact are on both sides of this issue and on both sides of either supporting Cole Beasley or not supporting Cole Beasley. So, and all of them have said that he's not being booed by the fans. Now, are there a couple? Of course there's a couple fans. Like, let's be honest. Of course there's a couple. But that the overwhelming majority are either just not cheering or they're cheering. And now he said that Fans who are sitting along the bench area in the first row of the stands are yelling things at him, and that occasionally someone will shout at him in his car. Oh, oh my God, Cole. What did you expect? You inserted yourself into a very controversial hot-button topic. You don't think people are going to say something to you? Should they say it in that way or with that demeanor? I don't know. I'm not there. But they paid 100 bucks to get into the building, they're within shouting distance of you, and they're going to say some shit to you. That's their freedom, right? It's their freedom to talk shit to you if they so desire. Your team just came off a 40-point win against the Houston Texans. They're 3-1, first place in the division, best team in the conference, one of the three best teams in the NFL. And the first thing that you start, you start blasting off some tweets about how the fan base doesn't like you and the fan base isn't a good fan base and people lied about how good the fan base was. That's a distraction, Cole Beasley. Saying that stuff in the offseason, I'm sure that Coach McDermott can deal with it because it's the offseason. Saying this kind of stuff, the week, the, the leading up the week to quite possibly the most important game of the last, well, I shouldn't say it's more important than the AFC Championship, but, I mean, this is a game everyone had circled on their calendar. And Cole Beasley grabbed his little blankie and his little stuffy, and he went out on Twitter and... (laughs) Cole, you're a really good football player. There's no denying that. And quite frankly, we don't agree about COVID, the COVID shot and all that kind of stuff. And that's fine. I mean, I I would prefer that you had some intelligence and used science. But hey, free country, man. Nothing I can do about it. And there's nothing I can do now, and I know you're not listening. But if you were listening, and if you were sitting right here next to me, I'd say this to you, bro. Just shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. I mean, I'd have more respect for you talking shit about the fans if you at least put it in a fucking diss track. Get in the studio, talk some shit, put on a diss track. In other words, just shut the fuck up. Like, no one gives a shit about you, bro. Cole. I hope you got your retirement plans ready because there's no way in hell you're going to be on the Buffalo Bills next year. There's no way. If this team was shitty, they would have cut you. If this team was like the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars, they would have cut your ass because they just want you to shut the fuck up. Coach McDermott goes home every day, like in the offseason, and fucking kicks the door and punches the wall, and his wife's like, what's wrong, Sean? He's like, fucking Cole Beasley is doing some dumb shit again. That's what he says about you when he goes home. He's like, I can't get this motherfucker to shut up. You don't think he's saying that about you this week? Sean McDermott is like, God, I fucked up. I told these guys they can come to Buffalo and be the best version of themselves. And then the pandemic hit and I found out that none of these motherfuckers believe in science. But anyway, so moving on, Kansas City Chiefs, Sunday Night Football, The biggest test of the year. We're going to find out exactly if the plan that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and to some extent Leslie Frazier has implemented is going to work. They looked at the tape of the Super Bowl last year and of their horrible loss to the Kansas City Chiefs and thought to themselves, you know what? We need to get after uh, Pat Mahomes, like Tampa Bay did. They drafted Greg Rousseau. They drafted Boogie Basham. A.J. Epinesa is developing. So it's time to see, and this is an early season test. It's not make or break. It's not life or death. The world will go on, but this is the biggest test so far. The Buffalo Bills have the number one offense, the number one defense, and this is going to be a good test because, quite frankly, the Texans stink. Washington football team is a above-average team. Miami certainly isn't what a lot of us thought they might be this year. And they got beat by Pittsburgh. Now, the Chiefs don't have quite the defense that the Steelers have, but the Steelers certainly don't have the offense that the Chiefs do. This is probably the scariest offense in the league. The Buffalo Bills have no answer for Travis Kelsey at tight end. So this is going to be a big Matt Milano, Saran, Neal game. You know, th- this is a big game for Matt Milano to prove to all of his supporters that he's worth just re-signing. And I know there's people out there who are like, oh, my God, have you seen how great he's been playing? Yeah, yeah. I, they they could have blitzed any guy like they blitzed Milano in the Washington game. This is where we're going to see Matt Milano earn his money, hopefully, see what it's about. I mean, he's, he's supposedly the tight end stopper. Supposedly, he, he you know, he, even though he was in the game, and everyone tells me all the time that Matt Milano, we, the Bills never lose with Matt Milano in the lineup, they lost twice to Kansas City with him in the lineup, but oh, well, he was hurt, so it didn't count. Well, look, he's hurt again. Matt Milano's hurt again. So does that mean he's going to be in the lineup, we're going to lose, in the, and then it, it, you know whatever. It's going to be a big test. It's going to be a big test for the offensive line. You know, it's different going against a guy like Chris Jones and all these other guys, as opposed to the guys who are on the Texans. It's going to be a big test for Spencer Brown. It's going to be a big test for Daryl Williams. You know, Daryl Williams is not the best offensive guard in the world. It's going to be a big test for Josh Allen. Josh Allen lost his composure last year against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. He got mad. He lost his composure, and we'll see what you know what the officials let the Kansas City defensive backs get away with They were really physical And if it was the regular season I'm sure some of those calls would have been penalties But in the playoffs they let them play And the Bills receivers couldn't handle it Stephon Diggs couldn't handle it Cole Beasley couldn't handle it Gabe Davis couldn't handle it I know they were injured Cole Beasley was playing on a broken leg They should have dressed somebody else If they were worried about it Gabe Davis was hurt they could have called up somebody else. Could have called up Kenny Stills. There were options, and they chose not to use them. They chose to play their hurt players. So that's not an excuse. They need to handle it better. Hopefully, the Buffalo Bills as an organization and as a team learn something from that game. Hopefully, the coaches learned something from that game. Sean McDermott, McDermott was coaching scared. He was coaching the way Dick Geron and, and Mike Malarkey... And all those guys coached against the Patriots when they were the coach of the Bills. Like, oh my God, I know we're going to win. We have to be perfect. If we're not perfect, we're not going to win. They're so scary. I can't make any mistakes. I've got to take as many as many points, even if they're all field goals, as possible. Because if we make a mistake, they're going to score a touchdown and we don't know what to do. That's how they coached last year. Can't coach that way. You just got to be the same the same team you were during the regular season. Coach the way you coached this week as you coached last week. Don't be scared. I mean, you're probably going to lose anyway, so who cares? Now, a lot of people want to say that the Chiefs aren't quite, you know, the, the same team that they were. They've had some pretty fluky losses. I mean, the loss against Baltimore, I don't want to say it's fluky, but uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has fumbled a few times. It's not like the the Chiefs aren't scoring a ton of points. They always score a ton of points. So, if you're looking for a regression or a drop off in terms of the offense and that type of thing, I, that's not really what's happening. You know, that's not why they're losing. They're losing just from kind of dumb mistakes from a running back. I think the big key to the game and we're going to see if the Bills are able to able to make this adjustment. You got to run the ball more, man. The Chiefs aren't good against the run. You got to figure out a way to take Travis Kelsey away. I know they have Tyreek Hill. But Travis Kelsey is really like the engine that drives that that ship there. Obviously you want to try and contain Mahomes. You want to try and get to him but at least contain him. He's very good on the move, very comfortable on the move. You want to contain Travis Kelsey and you want to run the ball a lot. Tyreek Hill like if he he's going to get his numbers, he's fast, I get it. You've got to do those three things. You have to contain Kelsey. You have to try to limit Mahomes' opportunities to move. And you've got to run the ball. Chiefs are susceptible to the run. In all of their losses, they've allowed something like 140 or more rushing yards. Not that the Bills are the greatest you know, run defense team either. I'm sure that the Chiefs are going to try to do what they did last year because it worked so well and the Bills stunk at it. But obviously star Le Tula Lele is back, and perhaps now um, the Bills' run defense will look as good as against the Chiefs as it's looked so far uh, in the beginning of this year. Unfortunately, I am predicting a Buffalo Bills loss this weekend on Sunday Night Football. I believe that the Buffalo Bills are going to lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe it is going to be 27-20. to 20. Kansas City. I'd like to thank you all for listening. This is the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. My name is Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. Please check out all the YouTube content, the other podcasts that are brought to you by the Built in Buffalo brand. Check out the Facebook unless it, f- unless it crashes again. And then just stick to Twitter because Twitter didn't crash. You can find them on Twitter. You can find uh, Built in Buffalo on Instagram unless that crashes as well. They, uh, they tell me that the Built in Buffalo... Brand, I guess I should say we. I don't know if I can say that. I say we. We have a TikTok. I am assuming it's at built in Buffalo. Check that out. I hear there's a couple guys from the brand who are doing some of those TikTok dances on there. So you guys can go check that out if you want. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Either way, I hope they listen. If you get a chance to leave a rating or a review if you're on Apple Podcasts, if that's working, it hasn't been working for months really, but. Leave the Built in Buffalo podcast team a rating and a review. And as always, Bill's Mafia, find a way to embrace your growth mindset. And as always, trust the process.